Oh, it's a game of three quarters. <laughs> I mean, four quarters. Fuck, sorry, I never finished high school. <laughs> <laughs> Fate and honour, right? Fate and honour. <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm listening tonight. I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right. I'm so salty, must not give in to rage. And I'm wondering what those rollers will say. Scarves to the left of me, cheaters to the right. Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight. Gonna roll a derby tonight. Gonna roll a derby tonight. Um, hello. <laughs> did you yeah, I really did. I reckon that should be the lead into the episode. <laughs> That's the lead in. Uh, it's a game of three quarters. <laughs> All right. This this is the Hidden City Roller Derby, and we are four crazy uh, rollers recording live at the Merlin Studios. Cuden Merlin, Cuden Floyd, Chateau de Floyd. Um, there is, if you want to see the the crazy recording setup that we've got, you can go to our Facebook page that uh, social media manager Glenn has uh, tw- has uh, really pipped out for us. Been uh, downgraded from Kota Champion to social media manager. <laughs> so it's an upgrade, mate. And very, and very soon, I will be the the person that likes the posts rather than posting. <laughs> it's good to be here. All right. So we, we've also uh, we have our, our champion and owner and uh, manager of the studio, Merlin. How's it going? Doing all right. Playing more games. Just same old, same old. And uh, and we have. Uh, Guest roller, he's been here once before and joining us again. Only once. Just once. How's it going, Jay? Yeah, good, mate. It's a public holiday tomorrow in Melbourne for the footy. Footy, we're yeah. the only city in yeah. the world that gets a public holiday because of a football match. Well, we've got two sporting events. We've got the football and the, the horse race. Oh, yeah. F- yeah, for real. <laughs> we get two public for holidays real. So, because so of sport. Tomorrow, yeah. for, oh, for people who don't live in Melbourne, tomorrow is Grand Final Day. That is the name of the public holiday. Everybody doesn't have to turn up to work. Isn't it? Isn't it day before Grand Final Day? It's not, it's not, not even the day, the day of the, the event. Grand, it's the day Grand before. Final Parade Day. And it basically gives excuses for all the people who don't get involved in sport to play card games all day. Yeah. Um, so... I and know Merlin's next door neighbours to conduct human <laughs> sacrifice or something. I'm not sure what they're doing over there, but it's getting pretty rowdy. We've, we've got people in Australia. Often people will party the day before a big event, uh, so it'd be tomorrow. But yeah, this uh, is the day before. The day we've before. got the day before the day before. <laughs> so in that fashion, we might start celebrating our world celebrations next week, um, and we'll keep the party going for a few weeks. We'll arrive in LA already champions. <laughs> Free drinks on the plane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good fun. So is everyone at this table going to Worlds instead, except me? No, Glenn's not going, uh, is he? I, I won't be there. Oh, I, good. I won't uh, be, I'm not there I won't be representing Australia, unfortunately. Um, that being said, taking Crab to represent Australia is already, you know... We should take, we should take like a... Lose it. No. I'm, against, I'm against the odds, so maybe I'll put that card in my deck. Hey, Hawk. No, Hawk Tattoo is out. Of the meta, mate. Is that? Crab oh, that's the big news. Crab is back. Casada is Casada is, is the uh, the best friend I need. So we can start walking sideways again. Um, so <laughs> for those of you that missed the news, which is probably nobody that's listened to this podcast, Hawk Tattoo has been errated. Although I think officially they don't use the term errata, do they? I call it the Glenerata. It was the, the Glenerata. Or the, the it's too late errata. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic to see Tyler just take some initiative and. Uh, Offer us a new rules reference before Worlds. I guess as you two, Merlin and Ben, going to Worlds, 
Uh, how do you feel about this change? I think it's great. Look, I, all I need to do is I need to take my totem, a picture of Glenn, a picture of our Cote champion with me to every game. I'll set it next to my table <laughs> as like a, you know, and I'll channel Glenn during my games. That's all I, I need. Gonna play it doesn't matter about Hawk Tattoo. That's all I you need. You know the scene from The Hangover where he's counting the cards with all the math symbols? That's me with all the L5R cards in my head. I'm like, who's the opponent going to play? I, I am considering taking card for card Glenn's Kote winning deck. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't changed much. Basically, Crab did not get a lot out of the element. It's the Joe from Cincinnati Crab deck with the one card change. Um, so we, we give him credit where it's due. So you play a lot of LCGs. You play Thrones and you play Star Wars. And Netrunner. And Netrunner. And, yeah. Like, it always used to be FFG policy that they would not errata cards. They wanted it so the cards that you owned did what it said on the card. Is there precedent for an errata like there's, they're doing the Hawk Tattoo? There's, there's a lot of precedent, unfortunately. Okay. Um, when I first started playing Netrunner, I sat down, I played a card, and the, I was informed that the card did not, did do, not do what it, <laughs> said. Do what it <laughs> said. I then moved to Thrones because I was a bit annoyed by that, and the same thing happened. I sat down, played a card, and they're like, oh, I just want to let you know that's not actually how that card actually works. That way. Um, it's a very curious experience. I felt, you know, thankfully, because it's an LCG, you didn't pay more money for the card. You know, most, you know, you kind of just paid what everyone else paid for the card. The only one that really annoyed me was Star Wars Destiny has cards that you, you do have to pay a bit more money for because it's a collectible card game rather than a living card game. Um, and so there can be a lot of issues there where the errata just kind of confuses people. That being said, I, mean, I think it's an errata that needed to happen Oh, for sure. Um, but like, I, like there the is last LCG I played was Thrones 1.0 yeah. and their policy was that they simply didn't errata yeah. cards. They had a pretty healthy way in AGOT 1.0 of like rotating that uh, restricted list and I thought that actually for the most part until there was a couple of nasty cards in there. Like it <laughs> long did, Voyage. Long, yeah, <laughs> long Voyage looking at you. Westeros <laughs> Bleeds as well. Not not the most fun to play card. But um, is like, Hulk is it Hulk did, Hulk a fun it to play did card? really feel... <laughs> what's that? Is Hulk Tattoo a fun to play card? Fun I to play or have it played on you? Yeah, well, fun to play. is it fun to see in a game against you? It's no. fine. Well, it's no, but I think fine. now it's fine. It wasn't previously. Yeah. But the restricted list is a good way. It's another... They have... I think what L5R they've done with this game now is there's so many ways of controlling the environment. Pardon me. Between the uh, roll-locked cards... Now you've, so you've got the roll-locked cards, you've got the restricted list. You know, there's, there's quite a few ways of actually making, you know, kind of... Deciding what the environment's ba- like. Basically, you're telling me, Ben, that um, you know we've got Keyforge coming out with a unique deck soon. I already feel like L5R's there, where you know I basically open a pack and it's like, ha unique deck here. And can you like, can you re can you, I was going to say can you reforge cards? Can you errata cards in Keyforged? I don't know. I'd be curious to see because your deck has the value of the cards there. But I just want to come back to Hawk Tattoo. Do you think the errata then means that splashes might change a bit? Do you think people will, will Still no. pick let go and just go the tattoo. I think until, said. until the rumored and and Tyler, if you're listening to this podcast, I just listened to your Art of Warcast interview, and I did hear that there might be a non-zero fate costing neutral attachment hate type card coming out in the next arc. So I think until that um, that gold is delivered, I feel like attachments are still super strong. So. If you're not playing Scorpion or Dragon, you're splashing Scorpion or Dragon. It's very hard. There's probably some exceptions, but in general, I feel like they're your two strongest choices. Has I, I guess I've been a little bit away from the game. Has Unicorn settled on a Dragon Splash as the strongest splash? Or is Crab still showing its head? 
Well, I'm only splashing Craig because I ran out of dragon cards. <laughs> so I reckon dragon's still the strongest. I, I just thought that the rebuild and reprieve out of Unicorn seemed a bit stronger than, than the uh, let go. I, st- I still see Crab a lot on Jagoku. Yeah. Splashed into Unicorn. Yeah, so I'm a firm believer in the quiet. Shadowlands taint. So as, as so I think that cards like Spread in the Darkness should be mandatory. Yeah. So I, I, I think I prefer the crab build and I love rebuilding my uh, Shitomi encampments and yurts if I'm up against the Dastardly Scorpion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I think, I think it feels like crab is more common, but I don't necessarily know if, if the world has settled on this is the best unicorn deck yet. I think we're still just kind of reeling at this new seventh clan that's revealed itself. Well, it's, we're, we're still on six because... Um Crab, crab card. Oh, get out of it! No, <laughs> back, man. I'm telling you. Now that whole tattoo is doing what it was clearly intended to do. Crab D is back. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have faith in it. And later tonight, I might build the crab deck to to so eat my own words. Just like high roll keepers, I, I, all so to all the listeners. <laughs> to all the listeners, I, I really playing. love crab, and I was just reminiscing before about the nostalgia of the greatness of when I had spy glasses on Casada drawing me two cards a turn. It was it was beautiful, and you had three keepers in your bin by like thirty seconds. I was playing, yeah. I was playing the limit one per deck card that says put three keepers at the start of the game. <laughs> um, yeah. It starts in the opening of hand. The it's a well designed and fair card, and um, I hope to see more of those cards coming out in the future. So, what else was new in that rules reference guide? There was some sort of changing to first player. So, right? there, so there was a few things. I guess the the, be- the big one was that second player mm-hmm. no longer gets a fate. Yeah. Um, so maybe we, we want to tackle that. How, how important was that second fate in everyone's experience well, of the game so far? So we've played two games since then uh, yeah. without the second player getting any fate. And because I was playing a Seeker deck, I don't really think it made any difference. But I think it might make a difference in Keeper decks. Have you guys played Keepers? No, I've only played Seekers. Well, I just, <laughs> I just played a, uh, a Keeper deck. It was a Crane deck running uh, their Keeper role. Keeper of air and but but how can you <laughs> how can you tell whether the problems were because of the fate or because of the keeper? Uh, yeah, role, it's probably know? a player defect issue as well. <laughs> 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 two two, two, two crab and keeper crane. Two restricted cards couldn't save you even. <laughs> the, the last two games I played just before we got on, I was running seeker crab because I think seeker did the best out of the new roles. Like fucking amazing new role for crab getting seeker of earth. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and like I'm just really, really enjoying that deck at the moment. I think it's a fantastic deck. And then um, I was playing Keeper of Air because I believe in Keeper Keeper Crane. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have been told that both of those choices are just just factually incorrect. <laughs> Suboptimal. So, so do we think though, um, just in terms of a fate generation? Yeah. Uh, I guess perspective, because. I guess the other change was that first place now randomly decided until they changed the tournament rules to reflect whether or not we're still going to be able to select who goes first. Yeah. Do you think going first now gives you the advantage in the fact that you could play one character then pass to still gain a resource advantage? Well, or is there more of a mind game now and then a bigger decision tree? Or is it, is it about the same? Well, I, I've got, I've got two, two thoughts on this, which is, uh, first of all, is I think that there still is a minor economic advantage to going second which is on turn two you do get the first opportunity to get fade off a ring which is a sort of minor economic advantage um but the other thing is i think now you choose whether you want to go first or second based on your deck's tempo if you are a deck that likes to control 
um, if you if you're a very ag- aggro deck and you want to take the initiative, then you're going to go first. If you want to take that first conflict to take the province, then you know you get first first shot at choosing the ring. So you know you can take that water ring first up if somebody's brought out a cheeky doom shigenji with no fate on it, and you know as as dragons are want to do. Um, or you go second if you're a more controlling. Because if you're going second, then you get like first opportunity to play a card in the first conflict if they declare a conflict off you. So I think it's like, am I a very offensive deck, or am I more an offensive deck that's, um, or am I more of a defensive deck that's like, let's see what you do, and then I'll react based on that. I think I think you've uh, just given us a masterclass on uh, how that how that interaction works. I got I got a few more points. Yeah, yeah, Merlin. All right, so, so some light on the situation. This these are no. But I want to add a disclaimer. These are not my original thoughts. I just read them online, but I can't remember who said them. So credit to whoever they are. We're just going to add to the number of podcasts and resources that we steal from. Um, so <laughs> would, would artists borrow a great artist's seal? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so if you're going. If you're going second on the first turn, you kind of put your opponent in this position where they have to commit first, right? So this is obviously good if you're playing dragon because they commit against your feasts and uh, your restoration of balances and things. Yeah. But even as even as just a regular clan and not the old the <laughs> destroying clan of dragon, uh, it's still good to see what your resources your opponent's willing to commit. It gives you information, so you get more information about what your opponent's intentions are and what they're doing if you go second. Second thing is that if you go uh, second, your games go to, what, three three turns-ish? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So you, yep. you, get, you get that advantage more than your opponent who only gets to go second once uh, on the mm. second turn of the game. Yeah. So yeah. You, you get that sort of information and you get that advantage more often if you go second the first turn. So do you think that... I mean, there's also an advantage in going first in the tiebreaker of tiebreaker of tiebreakers, right? It's like the ultimate oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. tiebreakers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The ultimate tiebreaker. So if you're if you go to time and you're you and your opponent are equal on tiebreaker points and you get to the end of the round and you're still equal on tiebreaker points, the person that wins is the person who did not choose who went first. Yeah. So if at the start of the game you rolled the dice and you decided to go second and you get to that ultimate tiebreaker, you will lose that match. Yeah, okay. Well, you'll get the mod loss, right? I think if you... if Well, you've got to ask yourself if you're equal on time break, tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah, you'll get the mod loss. Yeah. <laughs> you get that sweet zero VP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still... So, I, I don't at all like mod losses. So, do we think that overall this was a positive change? I think, I think there are... I think it was a problem. I think there are other ways they could have tackled it. But yeah, I'm glad they addressed the problem. There was there was simply, for most decks, like 99% of decks, there was simply no reason for you to go first whatsoever. Mm. Um, Particularly turn one, like often you'll see on Jagoku or Discord League, people just pass through turn one. There, yeah. won't, there won't be a conflict mm. and you've just gained an extra resource to actually play the game in turn two. Yeah. Mm. Whereas <laughs> what's interesting in paper play is that I think going first and second contributes a bit more because there's a bit of pressure on both players to start doing conflicts in paper play. You've only got an hour to get mm. through a get through a timed game, and you can't just sit there and pass through. But even versus dragon, you sometimes have to, you know, let RNG take the wheel and. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> chaos, chaos is a ladder. <laughs> it's, it, but it, it, it's to me, it's a real psychological pressure. And every time I sat down, especially in a tournament against Dragon, I feel very much like I really should be doing a conflict, mainly because I have the advantage usually in turn one, especially against these more greedy controlling decks. And so you do want to try and push it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if people figure out the testing over the next few weeks and see where it lies. So, the other obviously the hawk tats the other big change. So I've got an interesting question to ask, which is if you could all for a second put yourself in the position you are a genius IQ level genius level IQ dragon player, right? I don't. Like I don't need to imagine it all. <laughs> you are like <laughs> when it comes dragon to dragon, player. you just know how to use Pathfinder's blades. You understand innately how a restoration about to make works. your opponent run into rest <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like now this change to hawk tat do you feel that this has nerfed your deck so much that it's unplayable or do you still think dragon are pretty strong i think it i think it makes it a bit stronger <laughs> yeah that's my thought was <laughs> how how does it make it stronger how, how, how can it, it nerf it stronger because it makes it, it stronger because opponents can't use their hawk tattoos to drag yeah, in your it, voltrons it, it, um, at the wrong conflict it denies it denies the opponents oh, right, okay. to play it against yeah. you and that doesn't that doesn't make you stronger. That makes no, them weaker. It, it incentivizes you to actually consider how to get, you know, more intricate void fists off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm, no, I'm Mate, serious. I'm a genius level dragon player. I don't need. No, I'm serious <laughs> because I don't know how many. Pl- I've never had someone a dragon player actually hawk tattoo a monk character and then void fist with that character. I've but seen it once. Yeah, it's I've very seen it once. It's like great. to me. It's like those sort of surprise things where you can just kind of. You know, if you're going to trigger the reaction, try and get the full value. I'm all about full value on cards. Yeah. So if the card has two conditions and two, you know, two effects, do both. So I think the thing is now we'll actually see dragon players, because before I think you get far more value out of dragging an opponent's character in and disrupting how they wanted to assign. Yeah. Whereas now, because that's not an option, is dragon players will start using the card for the you know intended reason and. Or they won't play it at all, and it'll open up three slots in their deck. But yeah. I think they'll but definitely now, play it. And no doubt that in the next arc, if we know by history, if Void Fist is anything to go by, there'll be an amazing card to slot in there. <laughs> but now, but, but now you can go Katana yeah. onto a Monk at home. You don't defense. Yeah, yeah. Katana Monk at home, then Hawk Tattoo the next action Void, Void Fist. Fist yeah. yeah, and there's just a lot. But that, more that's exactly play. what I imagine a void fist to kind of be right like you're in this battlefield and then all of a sudden this monk just just appears out of nowhere you know dragon ball z style they've been charging up to nine thousand. they just (laughs) smack you back home super saiyan has been reached (laughs) but the beauty of the card is that now it's a positive play experience because you feel rewarded for playing it yeah whereas before it was a negative play experience yeah yeah totally for everyone involved really that actually is a segue onto um my, uh, I want to put out to the world a variant, an L5R format change. So here's a, a variant for you guys to potentially try at home. So it's called Fun 5R. And <laughs> 12.5R, not trademarked. <laughs> Fun 5R, I've actually gone to the patent office. Um, ooh, we've just had a microphone drop. Um, so Fun good. 5R, and what you actually do is you play L5R as per written, but you ban, um, so guest of honor. Any card that has green on it. Yeah, any so you're not allowed to play Dragon, and then you also also ban Guest of Honor, uh, Policy Debate, and Iswa Tadaka. And I challenge anybody to play five or six games in that format, and then play five or six Tier Zero games versus Dragon, and say that their five or six Tier Zero games versus Dragon were more fun. 
I just think it's not going to happen, right? And I feel like if you... Guest of Honor, Tadaka are two horrible offenders and policy debate as well. They're horrible um, offenders of this negative play experience. Um, and it's it's just like this game that we play, this Legend of the Five Rings. I've been recently playing quite a few games against people who aren't playing Dragon and they're not playing policy debates. And you just have this really great like back and forth and it feels like decisions that you're making you know, have real impact on the way that the game's going and it's not like, does he draw his guest of honor so I can't play my entire hand? And it like it feels like a proper game and like it's a lot of back and forth and repost as opposed to what we're doing now. So anyway, that's my variant I'm putting out to the world if anyone's interested. So it's just like a ban list. Dragon, Tadaka, guest of honor. What was the other one? Uh, policy debate. Policy debate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, as a... As a Crane player, yeah. I feel bad every time I flop a guest of honor. See, that's the crux of it, right? Like you feel whenever, bad. Yeah, you feel bad cards. playing those cards. Yeah. I feel I bad mean, when I play today. Clearly busted, and you yeah. can and get, you'd be crazy not to play them. You yeah. can get two of the but trifecta. You feel, you feel like a dog. Like yeah. your first turn, you pull out guest of honor with three fate and pass. <laughs> yeah, that's and you it. look across at your poor lion opponent and go well. <laughs> and then you you honor it, and, and then they run into ground and they run into early. magistrate station. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Oh god. Lost. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. It, like even even people who get to play those cards, m- most of the people I know don't have fun playing them. You win with them, but you don't feel good doing it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's that's the crux of, of the issue. Like those guys who used to camp in World of Warcraft that would just camp outside killing lobies all day <laughs> the PvP servers. Like I, f- I feel like they're the sort of folk that play Guest of Honor and Policy Debate, right? <laughs> you go a step further and... Um, Did you get camp- camp- You must have got camped bad. <laughs> <laughs> I may wow, have. Your brief, your brief WoW career. <laughs> I had a very brief WoW career and it ended with me not being able... Trying to do my herbal quests and just <laughs> constantly being like... And and by sixties, yeah, just smashed by sixties, and and to the point where, like, I'm walking around my little herbs, just I'm trying to trying to trying to farm them, and and then like, they let me walk around them, circle them, do a little dance, and you know, and spend the time respawning and getting all the way up to them. And then they wait, and then as soon as I finally press spacebar or whatever the hell it was, it's so long ago. It's one shot. Yeah, just like <laughs> from nowhere, some arrow doing a bazillion points of damage and yeah, you're dead. Sounds just like um, Unicorn wanted to play, you know, right on their ponies into a conflict <laughs> and having a dragon player say like, oh, you lose half your hand. <laughs> just, just, you lose. <laughs> only, only half. You did just okay. so much more you than that. You only lost half. That would be fine. Yeah. Name can can somebody name me a more ironically named card than Re- Restoration of Balance? <laughs> well, no, but they're referring to balance in in the way that Yoda and Obi Wan referred to balance in those shitty prequel Star Wars films, right? Are yeah. they? Where the, where the, yeah, what? Where the, the Jedi are ascendant, and they're talking about the one who will bring balance to the Force. And no one puts their hand up and says, uh, "Doesn't that mean we all get fucked? killed?" Because like there's two Sith and like thousands of, of Jedi. <laughs> do you think? Do you, do you think also that like? Maybe um, the restoration of balance in testing, it was, we'll bring it back to the original game state. So you have four cards and we'll give the player seven fate because that's a, that's a balanced game state. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, because you go back down to four cards. So you, it's like you're starting the game again. So, there's you, seven, so you gain seven fate. The thing fate. is, this was, it wasn't a new effect either because in Agot, like the Game of Thrones 1.0, they had a plot 
which is kind of you know, like an event similar to a province, I guess. And, you know, and it was both players reduced their hand size to four. And it was played a bit. Like it wasn't the most popular card, but it was definitely had player playability, right? There's, there's a new plot. Yeah, but it affected both players. Both players, right? Yeah. And if that card had affected just one player, you, you, Jay, you played a lot of Agot 1.0. That would have been super busted, right? If, we, if it only affected your opponent. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, the, yeah. I think I think everyone's feelings on Resto are quite clear. Yeah, we <laughs> probably don't need to spend any airtime. Like, it's, it's pretty beyond curve. We should, as a crab player. I can now use Pathfinder's Blade in the um, the, beautifully, the beautifully elemental cho- chosen yeah. Seeker of Earth. They made that means you won't be able to play Way of the Glen. <laughs> like flop three keepers into no, your but I, turn one. But I get I get to experience the joys of Earth cards I already was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Just get to continue that Earth that Earth theme that everyone else decided to vote for. It was the most. Con- was there a more confusing pick than Seeker of Earth for crap? No. No, that was the slightest. Who the? F- oh, hold on. Who Didn't, was in charge of that? I think Dragon chose Keeper of Void, right? Which is yeah. like a weird choice. Is it Keeper of Void? I thought well, it was they've, water. They've got they've got really cool Void cards though. Um, Crab Crab has sabotage. I, I'll give them that. Uh, it's and they also have disparaging um, pursuit. Discouraging pursuit. So, <laughs> so in my crab shinobi deck that I built, <laughs> I, I, look, I've, I really, I told you, I really tried with crab. I, look, I went into the jank tank and I came out <laughs> with some viable options. Did you run three meek informants so you could run your discouraging no, pursuit? I ran, no, I ran uh, the seal of the uni- uh, seal of the scorpion. Okay, yeah, um, because it makes people shinobi. Make your crisis breaker a shinobi. Oh, it just makes Kasada a, a shinobi. Jumping out of the bushes. You know, like ninja. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just walking around with a bush, like a couple of leaves in front of his face. <laughs> but he's so big and scary, Everyone, you just pretend not to see. Everyone's him. like, I can't see. Yeah. You. I can't see. Where did Kasada go? I can't see. Nobody can see me. I am Hito Kasada. So the the other rule change I think that was quite good was they allowed characters that have their um, stat set. Oh yes. Can now during a duel the uh, the dial modifier actually does apply. So no longer can I run the abusive. Um, wicked Tetsubo. The, the Wicked yeah. Tetsubo uh, Seal of the Crab on <laughs> on um, Boshi Shouju. Do you feel this is another clear example of anti-crab bias from the FFG design team? No, I think I think it actually allows for positive fair play. Um, <laughs> it, it does it does mean that yeah, the Shouju auto kill that I was running no longer is viable because they can actually bid a bit higher. It's a bit yeah. of a shame. Um, but I think it's fair. I think anything that improves the dual mechanic will eventually, maybe in 2021, we'll get there with a... Or actually, maybe just with the crane dueling pack, we'll get there where the duels actually feel really fun and interactive. Yeah. Because um, I certainly, in my head, right now, I feel the closest thing to a duel in the game is honestly picking which dragon province to hit. I'm like, this mind game is so huge. <laughs> like, he's looking at the left most left card of his province. Do I go there? Is he, he double did, bluffing? He didn't pull out that Yukuni. It's got to be under that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a factor. Have mm. you played... In the LCDs you've played, have you been at a stage in any of those games? I'm sure there has been, where you have had a deck that's just this Ascendant, as Ascendant as Dragon is. Um, I don't think I've played the game when there was that deck. Netrunner... Netrunner... Actually, that's a lie. Netrunner, Netrunner for the past two months until they put out a new restricted band list 
had a deck that just won every game because it didn't interact with your board. Um, it basically it meant that the, the corp so the corporation has agendas in their hand that they're hiding, but the, ne- the runner could without interacting with the corp discard the corp's entire hand. Yeah. So you could just put all the put all the agendas in the bin. Um, <laughs> so no, one, I stopped playing that for a while. I, I think dragons not unbeatable. It's just that. The play, one of the, some of the players going to Worlds have played the same deck for 12 yeah. months and you're competing against someone. Uh, you, That's you, a crock. I defy anyone to show me somebody who's played a, the same deck for months. I think reps, I think in yeah, Alpha Bar more than other card games, reps in a deck are really important. And, and it's mm. why this new pack injecting at the very last minute, I actually think it's refreshing for Worlds. It adds a bit of diversity, a bit of uncertainty to the decks so being shown. They did just the, the the last bit of news, right? Is uh, the release date for uh, the Scorpion Pack seems to have the underhanded the Emperor seems to have disappeared from the website. The underhanded yeah. the release. Date. They've they've uh, underhanded the under, FFG. underhandedly taken away the release date yes. of the web page. Sneak, yeah. Sneaky sneaky Shino? sneaky what is it called? Sneaky Shinjo. Yes, yeah, sneaky Shinjo. Sneaky Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I asked one local game store today if the release date had changed. So in Australia, there might be a street date of the 11th of October, which is shh, one week shh, later. Shh. Don't so, tell anyone. So, um, so I think it, it still seems like it's planned for and, October. And when, when Glenn says Australia, he's referring to an Austrian retailer that he knows. <laughs> <and> absolutely. <laughs> we would never incriminate any of our local game stores. I think, I think I'm trying to um, help the Europe meta. Just, just, develop, <laughs> just develop and diversify a bit. <laughs> We're just going to become extremely pro-Austria. Just cover the Austrian scene in general. But there's, there's no doubt that underhand is still going to be legal for worlds, uh, right? Well, it hasn't been officially announced. We, we, we don't know. It, it's keeping everyone in that tension of... Will Dragon win or not? Oh, it's like the mystery box. It's like the J.J. Abrams thing. Yeah. Speaking of mystery box, <laughs> did you say there was a thing in the article that yeah. about the prizes where some box has like something the Scorpion have added to it? Yeah, but no, they're no, not no, telling no, anyone about no, it. I wonder about if that it. was flavor text or not. So, <laughs> they so, talked about there being a poisonous insect in there or something, right? Are we talking uh, about the no. World Championship I don't know. prizes? I'm look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so it sounds like you guys, Merlin and Ben, you're going to Worlds. Yeah. You're going to get a t-shirt. I looked it up. You're going to get a t-shirt. And a it's better than a beanie. You know, What's the t-shirt got on it? It just says Legend of the Five Rings. Um, just so that way I can wear that and people can go, nerd. what the <laughs> hell that is. <laughs> nerd. Did you means, get a little bit of the nerd? It means, it means you can go play Thrones and just confuse everyone uh, on the weekend. <laughs> uh, you, you get a copy of uh, Backhanded Compliment Full Art. Oh, um, see, see, I'm going to try and like just get a full playset. If you go to Australian champion, <laughs> yeah. Better. If you go to all the, if you go to all the side events, I think you get a playset. Yeah. yeah. So you, there's the Hatamoto Challenge. I'll bet they've got one Does available that include there. The drinking side events. <laughs> I guess it depends on who you go drinking it with. Includes, you includes, might have to buddy up with some of the organizers. It includes the cheaters lounge. The cheaters lounge. <laughs> Excellent. So you can oh. restricted when the deck check. Do you think? Do you think they're going to have a Hatamoto lounge? No, yeah. Rem- remember I the Kotes You had to have a special section for Hatamotos. Yeah, they definitely will. That's in oh. the rules. Everyone, everyone <laughs> that'd be so cool. Are the, you? Are you a Hatamoto? I might be. I might be. What does that mean? Uh, are you or aren't you? <laughs> Am I right? I, I can confirm he is. He is. Okay. I saw him win. I saw him win his playmat. Yeah, there's a photo of him online. Technically, even though I don't feel in my heart of hearts like Hatamoto, I do own a playmat. Why do, do you not mat. feel like a Hatamoto? You're legit. You had to beat Scorp- <laughs> You had to beat a very hardcore Scorpion deck. Yeah, when Which Phoenix. Was tough. 
In those days, Phoenix yeah. suffered greatly at the hands of Scorpion. There was no soul beyond reproach like that, back then, baby. Mm. I watched that match and it was a nail biter. It was an amazing match to watch. And you had to pull some like crazy moves to win that. Like you are, So you get your own lounge. And also Ben will get a lounge, right? Yes. You'll be in the lounge together. Like, just due to strength of schedule because you played a little boy. <laughs> um, win many games. That's not a euphemism, by the way. I, I did actually Literally. play a child. There is nothing untoward went on in that cote whatsoever. Just, just sneak, just sneak by and get the the scorp hat. I, you would have been super salty at me if I had a Vince Scorpion had a moment. Well, given that I, would have I been give so- no shits about being a Scorpion player whatsoever. I, I would have been salty at the. At the game. At, at the, the system. At the system, yeah. yeah I, hate, I hate the game, not the player. That's yeah, right. That's good. So um, so you also get a, the top eight in faction for day one, Ben, get a gold. What do I get? You get a you get a world champion variant of the champion cards. So they you, look, get, you get they golden look metallic sick, ink, man. a striking black background, and an intricate new winter court frame. Are you like reading the product text? They look they amazing. Um, hey, that text. The curious, the curious thing is that... Um, Yori Tomo is in there as a silver card. Mm. You can buy from the, is he, uh, the is prize. He a great, yeah. Are they a great clan? Hint, Tune hint. In, who knows? Out. Stay tuned. Hey, hey, Merlin. Yes. You as a, as a fan of the old game. Mm. I don't know if you saw those cards. If you have a look there, there's a black background and green text. Does that remind you of any particular design? I'm just looking at this and I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> is, it, is it green yeah. text? It's white text, right? Oh, it, is it, white? White. it is white ah. text. However, he's right. It does look vaguely reminiscent of a black scroll. <laughs> Those sweet black scrolls. They were like these special cards, these special spells that were printed in the old game that were like violent Mayho, like violent Shadowland spells that did horrific stuff. Mm. And they were like black cards with this green, awesome green text. And they looked completely different to any other card that was printed. And there was like nine of them, right? Twelve. Yeah, cool. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve, Twelve black, black scrolls. scrolls. Yeah. So Twelve black scrolls open was an event. I remember. There you go. Yeah. So, Ben, because I'm not there, if you go undefeated, which you, you have a better chance of going, you can win a very saucy portrait a, of Hataru uh, and Kachiko. Kachiko. Looked like they're almost going to kiss, but not. And well, if in you, the fictions, they... Um, and if you qualify... Oh, are they like... They're together in the fiction. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Who is that? Hataru and Kachiko? Kachiko, yeah. Oh, okay. Official. But, but Ben, you get, for qualifying, you get a glorious golden embroidered It's 4-2. Of the open hand. Yeah, 4-2, you get a city of the open hand that looks cool. Mate, if, if, if it was two. the Phoenix Strong for all players or Scorpion players? All players. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, it's because Scorpion won Toshi Rambo, so it's like a Scorpion-themed worlds. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's why you get your scorpion box if you're top eighted or whatever. What no may have a scorpion inside? I'm just. Would that be a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> what do we think that like, if if the meta doesn't change, like if this scorpion pack's not legal, right? And and dragon. Have you guys, have you guys picked what you're going to play? Do you guys know what no. you're running? Yeah, man, my deck's right next to you. Really? Yeah. I'm going to call it out live on air. The deck. I'm playing Phoenix, man. I there was no. There was never any doubt right that I was playing yeah. Phoenix. I see mountains <laughs> and castle. Is that next to you? And there's a Feast of Famine in the deck Just to give it I'll tell you what At least the deck's legal for this tournament I'm swinging from the You know I'm I'm pointing to this Right up high in the stands I'm saying Seeker of Earth Crab Here I come baby (laughs) (laughs) It's the Dark Horse (laughs) It's the Dark Horse man It's a It's a If anything can upset the Dragon's Reign of Terror It'll be Seeker Crab (laughs) I would, anyway, I anyway. would, might be a rank outsider. I would love if Crab did win worlds. It would cement that despite 
their setbacks over the past three months. <laughs> can you hear um, these guys? They can do it, man. I'm telling you, now that Hawk Tattoo is out of the meta, they can punish Dragon enough, you reckon? Karada, you flop Karada turn one on your that pilgrimage. Karada. Karada is That's the, the real answer. skill, though, right? Isn't Actually, it? Yeah, here's, yeah. here's you flop an- Karada turn one, and then you've been a couple of your keepers. Do you, know what should, do you know what crabs should have got in that previous cycle? They should have fished for a holding just like Dragon can fish for an attachment. Oh, you've got a ring sure. on, a de- on a defense? You can fish for a holding. I would have no problem with crab That's having, actually a really good idea. Yeah. I would all lo- irony aside, that no, would actually be a good idea. Yeah, I think thematically, because yeah. crab are all about like building fortifications. They're yeah. defending the wall from the oncoming horde of Shadowlands, right? And I love that idea that they could actually fetch holdings, right? And I would love it if they had a, um, you know, their new stronghold had something to do with, you know, tap it to do something with holdings. You know, probably some probably holding push themes. the builder the bu- or the engineer theme. Yeah. Um, from those two cards that are engineers. There's also a new Wiley tra- is there a new Wiley Trader card. There is. Yeah, there's a new Wiley Trader. So they're pushing that theme too. I did. I did. You know, I did theory craft my other attachment control theory for crab. What's that? Uh, it was the holding that you pay a fate and you put the, the attachment under the holding. And if there's three attachments under the holding, you discard the holding and gain three fate. So you, you get your money back and you deny people attachments over turn. So they didn't go into the characters, but it's like called the it's like the armory where it's like yeah, yeah. they've got to hang up their swords for the turn. I'll dig it. Just, Speak. Just, just some interesting ways to interact with attachments that I thought could go forward. Speaking of crab and attachments, one of the other things that was in the rules reference guide was um, Karada District can now target at your attachments that have been stolen by other players. So if somebody steals that, that like... there, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good. So they, they kind of corrected the wording a bit. So now if somebody steals your talisman or something, you can use Karada District to get it back. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. Or was it? Or is it that you can play another... Can you play another... No, it's still, still u- it's still unique it. yeah. by con- by ownership. I but think. you can steal it back. That's you can good. steal it back. So from unicorn to dragon, what's your hype level at for um, worlds? Where are you at? Are you, are you super excited? For, for, from unicorn to dragon? What do you mean? Well, I mean like unicorn is like, oh my God, I'm playing this terrible you, clan that sucks. What? <laughs> no like, way. To dragon, which is, you know, I'm... Oh, I'm, I, see, I see what you're saying. I'm saying like, like rating you, system. Yeah, excited. That was my rating system. You. That was my neg 10 <laughs> to 10. Well, I think Phoenix Zero are to ten. Phoenix From is somewhere Kazen to Miramoto <laughs> Ratsuku. Yeah, you see? yeah, yeah. St- <laughs> I feel like in terms of like my readiness for worlds, yeah. I feel like I am at Phoenix level, uh, and in terms <laughs> of like where the Phoenix are at, I feel like they are also at Phoenix level. <laughs> but there are other Phoenix players out there whose readiness for worlds is at Dragon level, even though yeah. they're Phoenix players. That's the real. That's the real problem for me, right? See, I'm ramping up. So at the moment, I'm Boyushi Liar level. But by the time I get on, it's already the f- quite high. Just to be that's fair. huge. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely high. above average. <laughs> yeah, but it's no battle. You're a battle. You're a battle maiden. Yeah, but, no, but it's, it is level. high, right? Yeah, big. Like liar is legit. I'm excited for worlds, right? I'm hey, stoked. But stoked. I, I want like when I'm on that plane from LA to Minnesota, MSP uh, airport. When I get there, that's what that's what I found out what it was called the other day. Um, but when I'm on that that plane, I want to be like resto level, like. <laughs> So by the time <laughs> I land, I'm just like, pumping in the face. just pumping like you know. I don't need PCP because I've just got like the energy on myself. <laughs> like 
I'll be super disappointed if you'll I get sit it. down at a table and your opponent will just discard half their deck. That's yeah. that's that's <laughs> where that's you're what at. I want, to do. <laughs> I want to have that aura, that effect. Although I do feel like that. What I am worried about, right, is like, are we just talking into tin cans and like nobody's actually listening to us? And <laughs> I get there and the the like FFG guys are going, oh, huh? Hidden who? What? L5R Worlds. Oh, yeah, we put that on the website, but yeah, oh, we're not going to run actually, it now. Actually, here's something. So I got, I saw a post it's like from... like a 20-player tournament. Like, <laughs> uh, Well, that's possible. I find that highly unlikely. <laughs> However, um, Mark Armitage said that he sent an email to FFG Organized Play, and they got back to him saying that, yes, they got his reservation. They confirmed he was in this day worth of the events and things like that. And it sort of seemed like... Uh, he they weren't going to send out confirmation to like yeah, Motos. I haven't got my confirmation yet. I haven't got mine either. So I, I I took that as a sign that maybe I should get in contact with FFG and just make sure that they've got my reservation. So maybe you should, I should get do in the contact. same thing. Yeah, yeah. And you, dear listener, if you have a reservation, <laughs> halfway around the world and realizing, <laughs> right, right. I've heard yeah. it's, it's been a bit of trouble on that front, hasn't it, lately with um all the Hatamotos at least. Um, trying, well, to, trying to get confirmation from this because I've heard they're still trying to arrange everyone else first before they let you guys know or something. I have no idea, and that's kind of the point. Nobody actually yeah, knows, right? Nobody's all, able to tell it's us. It's all whispers in the wind. Isn't yeah. It? So if you're a Hatamoto and you're expecting to go to Worlds, I suggest that you get onto FFG Organized Play just to confirm that you actually do have a seat. It would yeah. be terrible if if we arrived from halfway around the world, and turns out we didn't have a seat. All I have to all I've got is like a Game of Thrones ticket. That would be terrible. So, <laughs> just to reiterate, to contact FFGOP, you just need to go to troll5r at, <laughs> at gmail.com and just, and just let them know there about your concerns with FFGOP. Just contact Daryl and uh, let him know. Just I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking at these rings. I've got to give a shout out to these rings, these it's Team so Covenant good, rings, they? man. They yeah. are the sickest bling I think I've ever Team seen Covenant in rings. any game yeah. ever. So like. These things look amazing. Jay, yeah. do you want to? We're on a podcast. Do you want to just describe intricately the ring that you're holding currently? Oh, I mean, you can go to their website. I'm sure they've got like teaser videos up there. But man, these things look sick. They they look, they look good. They feel good. They're the right size. They're the right weight. They're yeah, really we'll good. Put a, we'll put a link in the description the to Team Covenant. Yeah. How intimidating, Jay, is bling on a table when you're versing someone? Well, I mean, you play with shitty cardboard <laughs> tokens and you win Kote, so probably not at all, I would guess. But, I mean, it's just it's a fun thing to do, right? Pimping out your deck. Do you think, do you think if I bought like a... Like a clock-sized dial. Do you yes, yes. That just intimidates everyone. They're just like, what are you bidding this turn? Wall clock. And I, and I just like crank the dial. And I go, what am I going to guess this turn? What about one of those carnivals, you know, where you bang the hammer and it kind of goes, up the bell? I know that you go the other way. You like get super low-tech, just like five pieces of paper with fire, air, earth written on them. You just throw them on the table in front of Let's play. Well... You are if you go first. So, if you have to, if you're using non-standard to- tokens and things, apparently you have to ask your opponent whether it's okay. Oh, right. If yeah. they if they agree, and then you end up going first, you get to choose whose first player token and whose rings you get oh, to use. Really? So you could have like little paper <laughs> cutouts, paper. <laughs> sweet bottle caps. And you know, for, for Ben and Merlin, you guys, you should you do need to take the just the normal tokens because they can always ask you to yeah. play with normal yeah. tokens. Yeah. So there's going to be that guy that's, you know, he's down three three provinces <laughs> and he just goes, can you use the normal tokens? You don't have them. You're going to get the game lost. DQ. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Make sure you ask. Get permission at the start of the game. Get them to yeah. sign your consent forms. And uh... <laughs> Can you imagine if that was on the stream? It's the final. It's like the final. And then like one guy is using core tokens. We've got to set the scene a bit more. So it's the final. You've had 10 minutes to think about your decision like last final. Yeah. Um, you, you're in that moment and go. So you're in that moment and what happens? Well, you, you suddenly realize, you go, oh, I have another way out of this. I have an action. You didn't, you didn't ask <laughs> my permission to use those fancy tokens. I, I have an action. Thank you. I have an action. I'm going to reflect on it five minutes more. And then what do you say? <laughs> Are you accusing Ben of slow play? I'm not accusing Ben of slow play. <laughs> I'm accusing our current world champion of slow play. Uh, as shown on the stream. Okay. Ben, ben, continue with the story. <laughs> so it's five minutes after you've thought about this decision. Oh, and what happened? Samuel. Samuel is a lovely man, I've heard. I, I'm sure he's lovely. He's, um, he's a very thoughtful player. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay for a tournament. Stara. Mate, mate very quick, quick question for you. Did their game finish in time? No. Uh, I, I don't believe so. It was I think it did. No, it was timeless. I think, no, I think, no, I think no, it, it was did. two hours. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't so much that, Merlin. It was that for, uh, for most card games, you can sit there and, and feel quite entertained in watching it. Um, I enjoy watching chess, for instance, and that has chess clocks. Mm -hmm. um, watching that final, I learned a lot about the game, and actually I would credit both of them for helping me improve my play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly wanted a refund on my time spent <laughs> watching that match. <laughs> so it's the risk you take, mate. It's the risk you take. <laughs> Some players play different. And if the European meta is a bit slower, that's okay. Because for the Dragon players, that gives them the advantage. Yeah. So. Hey, important. timing's a huge thing. I, I actually think we don't emphasize that enough. Timing is actually huge. If that's you're my concern about playing Crab, man. Like, Crab are slow as hell, and they take, like, 57 turns to win. It's, also, yeah. it's my concern about playing online in general. Like, the, the difference between playing online and live, I find is huge. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And people, I feel like, I don't know, this is just anecdotal, I've always found that people make more mistakes in real life because they, they feel pressured to make a decision. Well, yeah. There's a lot of automation online too. Yeah, because yeah. my because my pace is very my pace is very much. I already know what I've, I've decided my line of play for, for basically the turn, unless you do something drastically out of nowhere, you know. And so, like, I'll do my action, and I already know what I'm doing. And if we had a chess clock, I've I would feel you know I've spent ten minutes. They've spent thirty. That's always my. The time. I know I've done something right when I'm playing Glenn. If he suddenly pauses. <laughs> just takes his time I'm like oh <laughs> he wasn't he, he got me he got me to bind yeah. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of a poker face in L5R you yeah. just got a delayed timer um, I don't know where this topic started off but, uh, <laughs> no I don't know either <laughs> but well oh yeah it's just, but worlds would be quite interesting in that regard mm. um, well, you, do you guys when you're training for worlds this is a bit of insight yeah, I know you guys said you kind of were waiting for all the score pack stuff before you started really digging into it do you guys think about time in, in terms of oh yeah do you try and finish games like are you worried about not mm -hmm. having a deck that closes out in I'm the, terrified in the I'm terrified about flying all the way to the US and being like I want to make sure that my deck is at least a little bit more aggressive than the average deck because the last thing I want is to fly all the way to god forsaken United States of America shout out to, 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 to that yeah, shout out the to entire continent <laughs> <laughs> And, Gosh. and get there we, and like so far we've alienated European and, and US we've got New Zealand listeners and we've got Austrian listeners, listeners left yeah. thank god Troll5R still love us yeah Jesus yep um, so yeah I don't want to fly like the ridiculous like other side of the world to the US and then you know come up against somebody who's like a like a Samuel style player who just 
really just digs in and takes their time thinking about things and like go to time and suffer like a mod win or a mod loss because like mods are the death, right? Like that's the death of strength of schedule. Is is the I think other podcasts discuss it. Is going for two day one, can you still make the cut or is that basically you get the prizes but it's very hard to qualify Unclear. for day two? No, Unclear. no, no. I think I think it was pretty clear. You go four two. So there was no points involved. If you have yeah. four wins and two losses, you're in day two. Um in terms of like standing, they'll probably use points to determine. They did standing. say they is on the official site that on day two strength of schedule resets. Yes, because it's a separate event actually, which I really like. I but think you have Frotop to qualify actually. for that event on day one, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The way you do yeah. that is going four two. You get to go yeah. four two, and you also get that badass black and gold score. But that's better. Stronghold. That's better than six one at a Kotai. Yeah. Well, no, Kotais were based on points. It was like fifty two points, and you can advance in the Kotai. 53 points, right? So then if you ended up with mod losses and things like that or mod wins, you get done on points. Yeah. Whereas now it's just it's kind of like an X2 cut day 1 if yeah, you that's get true. if you get That's that's better for Actually, that's, that's better true, for all yeah. that's, that's that's better for all players, right? Yeah. Overall. I think so, yeah. 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 It also means there's less pressure on you on that first day. Yeah. Like if you're playing cards for 2 days straight, you don't want to be sweating bullets the whole time. I think there's one day between both of the day one events and the day two event. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So you, you get to choose whether you play it on like the Thursday and the Friday, and then I think the finals might be on Sunday, something like that. Okay. Can't remember exactly. We'd have to get out the thing. Okay. And on that off day, you guys will be all thronesing, right? Yeah, I'm going to thrones, yeah. It's all about the prize tickets. Still, yeah, I've tickets. still got to build them in decks. For, oh, you've got to build them in decks. You've yeah. got to teach me how to play the damn yeah. thing. Yeah. I want to do that in the next week. That's, that's Glenn's contribution. I'll get you some sweet promos. Yeah. You've got to... Get me a deck. All I want to do is I want to get enough points so I can get. I just I want to go. If, I don't know. I don't know what the Game of Thrones format is, but if it's a six round format, if I can go four two, just degenerate, easy to play deck. That's all I want. You can do um, side events for Thrones as well if you buy yes. the main event ticket. So there are plenty of prize tickets to be had, and like Worlds last year was like there were prizes. Everybody got prizes. Like you get so much value for money out of Worlds. It's huge. I'm jealous. Hey, yeah, Glenn, we had any feedback from our listeners? Um, with regards to the overall quality of this podcast over the past few weeks? <laughs> yeah, we've got, maybe we've got a few reviews <laughs> that we want to highlight. Um, yeah, we, we can look those up now. Um, I'd say, how's the, the viewership's been quite... It's quite, growing. ...quite consistent, and thank you to everyone that listens. Uh, your contribution is not unnoticed and welcome. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to check now our, our review section. So we've been getting reviews, have we? We've been getting feedback from the community at large. <laughs> our, like vast, ex- our vast listenership. We've got exactly two reviews, I <laughs> think. This is one from your mum. <laughs> <laughs> one maybe from my mother. <laughs> no. You say, did she say the, uh, the co-host was one of the hardest person people to listen to? <laughs> um, oh, here we go. There's, review, there's a reviews tab. Yeah, man. Um, so we've got um, we've got a few reviews, we've got a few feedbacks that we yep. can take from our viewership. Um, so we're just going to talk about this feedback and talk about how we can improve moving forward from here. All right. Um, so this is going to be a good reflective process. Uh, so we have one listener that said, "Some mad lads from Australia that share a well-informed and unique perspective." On a children's card game. <laughs> so Jay, seeing as you've had experience with children that do play this card game, how do you think that that comment lines up with the overall quality of the podcast? <laughs> I, I don't even listen to this podcast. 
<laughs> uh, we've just added our third review, Jay Kristen. <laughs> Jay. I don't even listen to this podcast. Um, so there you go, listeners. There you go, <laughs> listeners. There you, go, listeners. you may not be listening to this podcast right now, but next week we'll have you on as a, as a host. <laughs> um, we've got another one that I thought it, it was it was a bit bit too far, and I, I felt like we, we didn't deserve this next review. Is it a five-star um, review? It, yeah, uh, it totally all, sorry, all of these are five stars. Um, so it's about ethics in LCG gaming journalism, oh. a paragon of professionalism and integrity in podcasting, a world leader in their field, standing in a class of their own. Um, uh, thank you for those kind words, Nathan Budd. West Coast Roller, Nathan Budd. That's the next best thing to your mum, isn't it? LC, LCG gaming journalism usually breaks down into two camps. The, the people that complain about cards and the people that uh, praise the cards. And we try to fall in the middle there with uh, you know, the ethics of LCG gaming journalism. Um, probably probably our favourite one is um, is from Frotop. Um he says, every time I listen to this podcast, they manage to act out their Australian personas perfectly, never once dropping their accents, even though they're obviously <laughs> American. <laughs> Throw top, you've caught us. We're actually in San Fran at the moment. Um, we, we, we've, we've got a little hidden cabal here <laughs> in the States, and you're next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a startup, right? Like, we've got some VC funding to, like, it's like an Australian accent. AI cyber security. No, we're a card designing group that's working on Fun 5R at the moment. <laughs> we're in the middle of developing an original card game, original children's card game. Um, Fun 5R, look out for it. Um, yeah, so that, that's the feedback so far. If you would like to post a review, mind you, it doesn't have to be five stars. If there are things you think we can improve on, please let us know via inbox or preferably on the page for everyone to see because then there's a lot of transparency and we're all about transparency here at the Hidden City Rollers podcast, Derby. Well, we do have <laughs> we do have a little bit of time left. I was actually wondering if there was any some queries as well, maybe, from, from listeners. Have they got some cues that we can provide some A's to? Did, did we ask for questions this time? We've got some leftovers. So, so, so uh, no, we've got some fresh questions some fresh hot off the press. Hot off the press. Um, Trevor Cuba. The row of dragon decks is punishing. What's your game plan when attacking dragon? Well, <laughs> I want, I want Trevor, this one. <laughs> Trevor, thank you for asking. You may have seen me. Uh, we've never seen me before, but those of you who play locally with me, I will roll a dice. There is no better way to you do that. You don't mean figuratively, do oh, yeah. you? Mean no, literally. literally roll I a dice. I literally roll a dice. Yeah. But, but, but the, the difference is, Ben, when I roll a dice in this game, it's for a reason. It's not for Maze of Illusion. It's for a reason. <laughs> um, but more importantly, I actually I run decks that can look at the... Their, their provinces. If you really want to attack Dragon, you either need to run Wayfinder or Pathfinder's Blade. Um, you can also, in Unicorn, uh, which I do advocate for, you can run Borderlands Fortress, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, it's an air well, province that lets you flip an opponent's province face up. Yeah, be careful though, because when it flips, it goes off. No, but on defense, you Merlin, you spend your cards, then you flip. <laughs> oh, I see. I see, what you, I see what you're saying. Um, so there's, there's you got to make it clear. You got to make it clear for so, me. So basically, Trevor, what I'm saying is to attack dragon, don't attack, defend, um, and basically you want to go in with six, six to four, four to six cards in hand when you go against dragon. Two, two cards is an acceptable loss. And you make sure that your and you make sure that your characters don't have fate on them. So there's a lot of requirements there. It's basically it's like there's a card when you start the game against dragon that says don't put fate on characters and don't draw cards until you flip this province. Um, which can make the game hard, but uh, I think others have explained that, especially in tournaments, 
you actually kind of need to take the risk turn one because otherwise you're going to fall too far behind. Yeah, and there's a time factor as well. You really can't afford to pass a whole bunch. Um, yeah, just... I, I guess i got nothing else Is, to say on that. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that? I mean, try and go wide with low-cost characters and no fate. Don't invest too heavily in, yeah, in anything that you've got on your board and don't invest heavily into your hand. And Hashtag bid one. Pray. Pray. <laughs> Just pray. <laughs> pray in government policy right works. now for the drought-stricken people of New South Wales. I think our pray. official government policy is pray. <laughs> uh, yeah, do the same when you're versing dragon. Mm. The row is brutal. Like when you find yourself praying to hit shameful display, you know things have gone horribly wrong. Because right. that is the best province to hit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like mm-hmm. you're going, jeez, I hope I hit shameful. <laughs> I know. Oh god. Yeah. Things have reached, <laughs> and it's fist pump when you hit. I don't hit shameful. You're like, yes, yes. I'm only, <laughs> only going to lose this conflict, not this character. Yeah, you just like snap fist pump. Well, I guess I the, don't even feel like the Scorpion province are as as bad, no. right? No, Scorpion. quite happy to hit Scorpion. Close, man. <laughs> it used to be called the murderer's row of provinces. Everyone said, but it got worse. <laughs> people, people look at Scorpion province and they're like, and that's because, child. That's, that's yeah. because you flip a bending. Uh, was it? Yeah, uh, no, was don't. It? Abandoning, uh, no abandoning, a- appealing um, to the fortune, appealing fortune, fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Freak I just, I just look at you and go like, okay, you can have a character, that's fine, that's okay. Yeah. Are you running crab? No, you're running dragon. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I still don't know why they run it, but it's clearly I think, just. Me. I think it's about the value game. It's oh, about it's value. clearly about getting the character in. That's what the card um, does. But I mean, five province strength. That's a bit much. Yeah, I think pilgrim. Think especially for the mirror. I think pilgrimage is a better. It's a better, it's a better um, uh, Scorpion are trash to you. Nobody plays that shit anymore anyway. <sighs> salt meat, salty much? I think we're both... Do you bring salt with you I in your like, bag? You, we yeah. just switch, we've kind of switched clans for a bit because I've been playing Imperial Scorpion. and you've been playing oh, Seeker Seeker crab. crab. Just yeah. like the right way to play Crab. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I might disagree with you and we'll have a chat later about it. But um, Still running Charge and Pathfinders though, right? Oh, I'm triple restricted. <laughs> I actually, charge Pathfinders and Iron. I'd argue if Crab could run Charge and Pathfinders, I actually think that deck would actually have legs. To be honest, like, but you don't need to charge anything because none of your characters are that big. Like the most expensive character you're running is yeah, well, three. It's fundamentally it shifts how that you you run Crisis Breakers with. Path you can't runners. run Crisis Breakers because oh, they're keeper gosh. only. I cannot. I cannot experience this deck anymore. <laughs> that's already too much. Yeah, that's 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 you your cannot. third rule break. You you're charging Pathfinder. Oh yeah, and, true. And Crisis breakering yeah, in a seeker deck. I just, I can't. Oh, I'm having a mental break on on podcasts. I can't deck build, guys. I can't like FFG is making it so hard to deck build the way I want. Well, you can you can deck build. I'd be perfectly happy to play your Seeker of Fire unicorn deck. That'd be fine. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. We can play. That'd be right. good. All right, so moving on to Thomas Vandenberg after that dark note. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, hang on, Trevor Cuber. He's the architect gaming guy, right? Is he? That's yeah, doing so. the doing the shout province league shout stuff. Out, yeah, out, oh, people maybe. should check out the province league. I think that you have. Do you like have a lot of fun. gaming box? I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a crane on a dial and a bunch of tokens and whatnot. Well, that was that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw his his Kickstarter league. Yeah. Well, I think architect is it, is gaming that, is, is amazing. That, I think it's a different Trevor. Could be wrong. Are we Did just shouting know? out this no, guy? No, it's the same dude, Trevor Cooper. Well, the the. The architect gaming guy, yeah. unless someone stole his photos, those photos are on that Kickstarter page. Oh, cool. Same dude. I'm sure it is. All right. Sorry All right. if it's not, Trevor. <laughs> Thanks, no, sorry. Thanks, I Trevor. Meant, I meant the person running the province league. All right. Yeah, yeah. that's him. Anyway, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Shout out to you then, man. Good stuff. 
Uh, Thomas Vandenberg asks, a question we kind of covered already, but I just wanted to cover one element of it. Do you guys think the adjustments made in the recent rule reference are all enough to bring back into a, into a positive course? So, Thomas, I actually think the game was already positive. It just, there was, there's a percentage of cards that make it not fun to play occasionally. But when you don't play against those things, the game's actually completely fun. Fun 5R, baby. Yeah, it's just 100% enjoyable. I, yeah. I actually don't think the game's neg- based on where we were at. You just said you just ago, said like a minute ago that you couldn't deck build. No, I can't. But that, <laughs> that's okay because I can still have fun with unicorn. Uh, this is I'm talking about crab. I can't. Deck oh build right, crab. okay, right, okay. Yeah, um, but I think the game's still. I think the game's more positive than negative at the moment. I mean, the fact that we have to discuss this is a bit sad, but you know, I, you, you look back about eight months. I, the game's in a far better state now than it was eight months ago. Yeah, hundred percent. Post-restricted list, uh, it's so much better. Um, I I don't know I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the ever expanding card pool, but yeah, the game is a, is a lot of fun right now. Right. I don't play anything as much as I play all five R. Okay, we got any others? Oh, yep. Um, Marwin asks, why is Jay not on the restricted list? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is so okay. <laughs> Did you win a Maze of Illusion or something against him? I don't. I think I won four Maze of Illusions in a row against him. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, and then I just said, oh, I trash card for trash players or something, LOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that card. That card, so, man. That should be the first thing on the ban list. So, and anyone who suggests card design of that ilk in future should just get fired. I think that card is the is the penultimate bad, uh, good card for bad players, right? Because... Yeah. If you're a bad player, you can play this card and you can kind of get this blowout effect against a good player. I, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I agreed. reckon that was like Ben Brode was like L5R designer for a day. Like it's had like lead Hearthstone designer come in and just yeah. go, let's design a card. Dr- and like drunk Ben Brode. Yeah. Like not a happy-go-lucky Ben Brode, like drunk, surly Ben Brode. <laughs> Maybe. He just wants no one to have any fun whatsoever. Maybe it was secretly Simcoff rolling a dice and he's like, I've got an idea. <laughs> I'm ready for a card. Did Marwin just go even all the time? Because that's what I find. Is <laughs> he just now. even? Uh, I, think, I think even. I picked even every time. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. He's just gone even but every time. But it becomes time. a mind game after, after the third time. It's like yeah. he cannot possibly <laughs> pick right. it again. But which then it is does. exactly why he'll pick it again. Exactly. <laughs> For listeners, um, the Maze of Illusion concept actually originated from the Psy Games and Netrunner. Um, and I recently had a game where the runner ran four times against uh, an agenda that requires you to win the side game, and I won all four times. Is that is that the one where you have to bid yeah. t- clicks or yeah, something or credits? On a, it's, yeah. a, it's a bit more interesting than the Maze of Illusion, which doesn't punish them for for you guessing correctly. Mm. Um, Tori Dory asks us about um, <laughs> when are we playing? <laughs> he's gonna say, can he, we, he says he's can jealous. I come over? Me? He's really jealous he can't be here, but he's saying, <laughs> when are we playing the Lord of the Rings TCG? <laughs> And how many copies does Jay have of Gladriel, Lady Redeemed? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that in our Discord channel. I was a, I was a massive Lord of the Rings, like back, back from the Decipher days, Lord of the Rings. I still think that's probably the best heads-up game I've ever played. I kept on my cards, but yeah, there was a no offense really to present present game included. Oh, I mean, it's a good game, but I don't think it's as, as good as Lord of the Rings yeah, fair, was. Fair enough. But yeah, there was a busted version of Gladriel, and Birdie posted her picture into the channel and it totally triggered me <laughs> so to, to be back like eight years oh my god so, so nathan but asks us um now that the he wants to ask us a question of now that there's no second player fate 
Why, when would you go first? But I think we already covered yeah, it we've covered earlier in the episode. So thanks, thanks Nathan. Thanks, Nathan, for the question. He also asked us to design an anti-anti-fun deck to counter Dragon. He said, Tadaka, Guest of Honor, what does that anti-anti-fun deck look like? What's an anti-anti-fun well, deck? Well, Nathan, the, anti- the, the anti-fun deck is Dragon. What's a deck that beats it? Ah, no, an- the counter, the trace, Buster, the counter, Buster, yeah, Buster. The, the Buster, Buster, Buster. <laughs> Nathan, the no-fun deck is very clear. It involves Kondro District, Whining Hostilities, Cory Mori, uh, and just a beautiful, oh, uh, a beautiful, Bushy, tals- uh, bus- beautiful talisman as well. Bustling Academy. Yep, that's in yeah. there. <laughs> the, the, a phoenix can create. A, in most FFG card games, you can build a prison deck. L five R is not there yet, but the phoenix deck's getting pretty close. If they get secret of void, you, you're going to be able to build a prison deck that just shuts Do you think out. That they most maybe decks. can like can start bringing back like run pacifism and then. Like put stolen breath, that new like uh, scorpion card that means people can't go to um, political political conflicts. conflicts. Just say just, you can't go to conflicts and you can't go to conflicts and you well, can't. They go already to have conflicts. The, yeah, they've already got the military equivalent. Yeah, so now they actually can use the political too. does that one have any influence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Two. So, so yeah, I guess that we're we're in a we're in a state where I think that prison deck will show its head at some point <laughs> in the next six months. I would have so much fun torturing. Dragon players with that. If we could figure out a way just, they, to take they, those people who play those giant Voltron decks, shove it up there. What's it? Oh, but uh, I mean, there's no, there's no. <laughs> the problem with the game, one of the problems with the game currently is there's no viable alternative to Voltron. You can't go wide. You can't really play aggro like yeah. yet. So well, unless great, you supply a solution and or an alternative to that mode of play, shutting gotta, down that mode of play just makes the game even less fun. But I mean. What about if they put in more PK? Because obviously, like, knob sack is a great effect. But if you have multiple effects where you can kill giant characters at a, at a real cost outside of conflicts, like, that kind of discourages Voltron decks, I, think, I would guess. I think even better... You, but I, I don't th- know if it's a good thing. You free for, for greater glory. I think you take for greater glory off, and then all of a sudden, the dragon player can't invest in one character because... Um, the lion and unicorn decks will just go wide and then they'll get them for another turn. And at that point, you're going to lose. I, yeah, I'm not convinced that you would. Well, Dragon doesn't have a cancel. That's that's my thinking there. Well, that you can punish, you can charge, you can charge, you can do all that sort of uh, good stuff uh, through that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just threw I just threw a little token at Glenn because he keeps turning away from his microphone. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so basically, basically, my summary, if <laughs> listeners didn't hear it, um, was nothing of importance. So, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, do we have any uh, last comments or questions or anything we're looking forward to in the next week or so? I'm just super looking forward to finding out what those last few scorpion cards are and working out that I'll. Just be resigned. I really want to play a direct that's not Dragon at Worlds. That's my goal. Um, they, they are the deck to beat. Mm. Which is, I know. So can yeah. I ask you two, what, what are your goals for Worlds, honestly? like, What, what are you guys hoping for from, from the experience? Um, it can be both like from a relationship and sort of you know building the community perspective or it can be from the, your goals in the tournament as well. Okay. All right. Well, um, First off, Melon's going to get Jay... A black and gold Doji Hitaru. That's it. Doji Hitaru. Primary goal. Silver border, okay? Yeah, that's that's fine too. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll work something out. Might as well, Jay. So. Um, 
So I think in terms of the competition, uh, that's really what I'm going to go for. So I don't really probably want to do stuff around media, although we will do, I think we're planning on doing like a podcast of podcasts like we did last year, uh, still in the planning stages, so we'll work that out. But um, competition-wise, a wise man once told me to just take things in stages, right? So I'm really not going to be thinking about anything on day one except day one, and I'm going to want... I'm going to focus on getting a winning record, yeah, so five, uh, four and two. Uh, and then on day two, I'll probably again focus on just getting a winning record. And then if if I end up getting into some sort of cut, then my goals will sort of change. I'll be happy if I make day two. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I think I think that L5R is a game of four conflicts and I'll just take <laughs> one, one conflict at a time and... Yeah. Uh, you know, do my best and just leave it all out in the field and, you know, hopefully the boys rally and we can uh, get a good result. Yeah. But uh, I'm also, to be honest, if, in all seriousness, what I'm really looking forward to, yes, the game stuff is important and I'm definitely going to try and do my best there. But, you know, look, we all know that, you know, Anil will win, but like I'm definitely going gunning for second place for sure. I'm um, not sure that that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good players are going to Worlds. Yeah, but you'll beat them. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. He's, he's the best player in the world by far. But we'll, uh, if playing Dragon, the, the, the sorry, the, the disclaimer there is his. I think that there's nobody who can beat him who's playing Dragon. If Anil was playing and Dragon, fun- definitely the deck to beat. Yeah. If Anil was playing Funfoar, oh, we <laughs> open field. <laughs> he couldn't play Dragon because that's on the ban list for Funfoar. Well, I am super interested to see because I think there's a lot of internationals. I'm really keen to just meet with a lot of players that I've been that I've been like, you know, talking to on global Discord, playing against on Jigaku. And I'm, I think Demagogue's coming. I think. Yeah. So some of, some of the Greek players are showing up. Yeah, and those yeah, they're really exciting. They're good matches. And just seeing them in, inject some disruption into the static meta, right? Like they don't play the follow, follow the leader style meta. They just do their own thing. So I'm really looking forward to see what innovations they bring. I'm looking forward to catching up with like. I've never met face-to-face any of these other people that do these podcasts. And obviously, we're the new kids on the block. You know, this is episode 13. So, mm. you know, although we've recorded 60% of the episodes of um, of Troll 5R and we've only been around for a short period of time. So it's true. It's commitment, right? That's commitment. what it takes. Yeah, you know, actually, I think I guess Sixth Ring... podcast, right? Yeah. Sixth Ring are also only up to like 16 or 17 or something. They had a long hiatus, but I think they're back now. But it'd be great to meet all of those folks. It's a social aspect, I think, which I'm really looking forward to. In all, all honesty, I think having having a, a, a quiet beverage with some of these um, these card friends will be a lot of fun. There is no such thing as a quiet beverage. It will never be quiet. <laughs> Wherever we get a drink, it will not be quiet. Is there going to be a beard competition, Merlin? I feel like a lot of L5R. A beard competition? A lot of L5R players seem... There is a beard. dance competition. Have you heard uh, about the I dance-off? Have. I was, yeah. was going to ask. Uh, I think it's for charity, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, are either of you practicing to get involved in that? Ben? I'm not practicing. Are there, pri- <laughs> are there prize <laughs> tickets involved? So <laughs> ben will be all over it. Like, right right. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like charity, Jay. Whoa. You donate your prize tickets to charity. Jay is the charity, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we should just sign up Bert for, for to represent the Hidden City Rollers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah he could bust a move. Yep. Yeah. I if, feel like if anyone could do it, it'd be him. If we're playing original DDR, roll over Beethoven, I could kill that track. I could go all the way on that track. But like... We're going to have to work out the so details. so absurd. 
uh, there's a video of me that's floating around of, of, of when I was killing it on DDR and it looks <laughs> ridiculous. I'm not, not necessarily the most graceful of movers. Mm. It's like capoeira, is it? On like a, a dance control mat thing. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. No, thank you for everyone for being here as well. I just want to give one last shout out to Chris Caldwell, who's going to be running a beginner tournament here in Melbourne. Oh yeah, in oh two yeah, weeks yes. time. Got to plug Great idea. Uh, October thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if any locals are listening, uh, you can get involved in a beginner tournament, and it's been great to see initiatives all around the world uh, trying to fill the gap where FFG isn't really there at the moment to just try and bring in some new new blood mm-hmm. and to just keep growing the community in so, in Melbourne. So totally agree. Just a quick last one. So a uh, couple of days from recording is where the most important event of the year is occurring, the Australian Football League's grand final. Uh, how many points are West Coast going to win by, Jay? <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a close match. Yeah. I know very little about football, but they're both seem really strong teams. I'm going to back the Eagles yeah. by 20 points. I like it. I reckon you're pretty close on the money there. I'm going to be the card game nerd and say, well, the birds have covert. And, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I give them the edge. Yeah, I don't know. The European med is pretty strong. I have no fucking idea what's going to go on in the football. <laughs> Eagles by 24 for me. 24. Heard, All right. it, it's a very it specific first. number. It is. Yeah. It's four goals. All right. All right. You've, you've, you've been listening to the meanderings of uh, four men sitting at a table. <laughs> we're going to play some cards. We're going right. to play some cards now. So thank you everyone for listening. Till next week. Bye. <laughs>